series of series, and you've heard this and you'll be hearing this for a good while, but uh, we're talking today about becoming a fully committed disciple. And so in this series of series of, of, uh, that we've been talking about, uh, today we're doing and finishing up a series that we've been on that's called Affectionately Serving with Excellence, Doing It with All of Our Heart. Today we're going to be talking about living a life of commitment. And uh, if we're going to serve a life and, and, and live a life of excellence, then we're going to have to live a life of commitment. You can't be a person of excellence without commitment. And so we're going to talk about that. Commitment's not a cuss word, by the way. It's something that we're, we're all committed. We all are committed. Everybody's committed. It's just a matter of what we're committed to. We may be committed to doing nothing, but we're committed to it, right? We may be committed to watching TV or committed to recreation, rec, uh, all kinds of different things, but we need to make sure that we're committed to God and committed to what he has and his purpose and his will and his desire. My desire for all of us here is that we live out our maximum potential. Far too many people are falling short of God's best for their life. I had a dream one time, and in this dream I was preaching along with a number of different ministers in and uh, and I was the last on the list, and there was several ministers that were preaching, and they would never bring anybody to a point of commitment. They preached great messages; their great, their messages were motivating, but they wouldn't they wouldn't bring them to a place of commitment. And in this dream, I I heard this phrase, and I I preached this phrase actually at the close of my message, and I said, "Greatness only grows in the soil of great commitment." And I'd never heard that before or since, other than through through me. And I believe that the Lord gave that to me in this dream. And so it's been a driving force in my life that if I want greatness, then I have to have great commitment. Great marriages are great marriages because of great commitment. Great churches are great churches because of great commitment. In the case of what we're talking about today, great disciples are great disciples because of great commitment. Greatness only grows in the soil of great commitment. And so when we have great commitment, we're able to do great exploits. We're able to do things that are beyond our greatest imagination. I believe that God designed and desires for us to do great things. I believe that greatness lies in in every person, every individual that's here, that he wants us to to do something great with our lives. It doesn't happen automatically. It doesn't happen by chance. It happens intentionally. So that's what we're on. We're, We're on this path. We're on this track. We're on this journey together of how to be the people that God has designed and desired for us to be. And uh, commitment's part of that process. He wants us to live a life of excellence. Why? Because excellence reflects him. Excellence reflects who he is. How many of you know that we serve an excellent God? And, And we're to represent him. We're ambassadors, according to the scripture, here on this earth. And part of our responsibility is to go make, all, uh, make disciples of all nations. As a matter of fact, I want to give you a scripture found in Matthew chapter 28. And uh, we've been using this scripture and I want, to, I want to start with verse 18. It says, then Jesus came 
uh, to them and said, All authority in heaven and in earth is given to me. Therefore, go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. It goes on to say, Teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And I love the last part of this. Because surely I am with you always, even to the very end of the age. He says, I'm, I'm, I didn't leave you alone. I, I'm here with you. I'm going to help you. I'm going to empower you. And, uh, and I, I, you know, as we examine what does it mean to be a disciple, because every one of us have definitions for various things. We, as a matter of fact, I use the word commitment today. Your definition of commitment and God's definition of commitment may be on two different pages, not even reading the same book. And, and so what we need to do is we need to go in and define what God says commitment is. And so we're here, we're called, every one of us, if we're a believer in Jesus Christ, our responsibility is to help people come to know Jesus, to be born again, and from there we help them to become the the, the disciples that they're supposed to be. And that's to be a productive impacting uh, person that's uh, reflecting Jesus Christ here on this earth. And so we've been on this journey. Uh, Philippians chapter 1 verse uh, 9 says it this way. It says, And this I pray that your love may abound more and more, displaying itself in, a, in greater depth, in real knowledge, and in practical insight, so that you may learn to recognize and treasure what is excellent identifying the best. What is excellent? It's identifying the best and living it out. Distinguishing moral differences and that you may be pure and blameless until the day of Christ, actually living lives that leads others away from sin. The end result is is that we're doing it to draw people away from sin and to Jesus. Really, that's what it's all about. It's not so that we have a bunch of rules and regulations. We do this because we love God and we love people. Because we truly do want people to come to know Jesus Christ. That that is the best life that you can live and that I can live is knowing Jesus. I tell you, when we, when we try to do life on our own, that's when life gets difficult. When we try to do life on our own, that's when life is miserable. I, I, we, we end up in places we never intended to end up. It's like, how did I get here? Why am I in this trouble? What am, why am I going through this or that or the other? It's because many times we're not doing it God's way. And so what we want to do is we want to do it his way. And what, what does he want? He wants to help, he wants us to help others do it the way that he wants it done. So we need to display those excellencies. We need to display excellence through our life. The excellent way to live. Not just get by. Not just doing it halfway. Not just doing it in a, in, in a mediocre way. But that we're doing it with excellence. We're living this life with excellence. We're doing it the most excellent way that shows God's best in and through our life. And I'm here to tell you that commitment is the most excellent way. It's the best way that you can live. And I tell you, most, a lot of people, a lot of people don't value commitment the way that they ought to. 
And so we're going to be talking about that. First Peter chapter 2 verse 9 says, But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a dedicated nation, God's own purchase, special people, that you may set forth the excellencies, the wonderful deeds, the virtues, the perfections of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So we see that we're called to this. This is, this is not something that, that I've thought up. It's something that he's called us all to. And so what I want to I want to talk about today and I'm not going to get into all these messages that I've talked about on in this series but I want to encourage you if you haven't if you haven't listened to them all get online go to our website cotmtyler.org and and get caught up on those messages because really honestly it paints the full picture of how to live a, an excellent life but today, because what we did is we took the word excellent, we found out from the Greek, the Greek word excellence, because the uh, original Bible was written in Greek and Hebrew, Hebrew and Greek, and uh, we found out what it means, and part of it means commitment. To be an excellent person means commitment. And so I want to give you a definition here, uh, or not a definition, a statement here, Affectionately serving with excellence as a full commitment to faithfully give God and others our best. To faithfully. Now I use the word faithful because really honestly when I think of commitment I think of faithful. When I think of uh, commitment I'm thinking being faithful. That they go hand in hand that you can't have one without the other that if you're committed you're faithful and if you're faithful you're committed. That if you're not committed, then you're not faithful. If you're not faithful, then you're not committed. That they go hand in hand. They go one with the other. And so, affectionately serving others, and I use the word affectionately because we ought to do it with all of our heart. We ought to do it out of a heart of love because we truly do love God and we truly do love people. And that we're not just being excellent to, to, so that we would look good. It's so that he would look good through us. And so that he could reach people through our lives. And let me just say this because I really feel prompted right now to say this. Some of you maybe feel very inadequate. Like how could I how could I live in a life of excellence? You start where you're at and you start taking one step at a time and you just start doing what you need to do and you start quit making excuses. You need to, need to eliminate excuses. You need to start dealing with issues in your life. And, and God wants you to deal with issues in your life. So, so, there's so many people that have lived for God for so many years, lots of years, and they're still dealing with the same issues over and over and over. I almost sound like a broken record. And, and, and you ever listen to a, a scratch record? It just plays the same thing over and over and over. Some of you young people don't even know what a record is. But it, it's just over and over and over. And, and so what we want to do is we want to we get past those areas, your issues of your past. And that's why it's, finding freedom is so important in our lives. And, and one of the ways, one of the big ways that we find freedom is getting in relationships with other people. That's why small groups for us is not a program, it's a way of life. That we're not a church with small groups, we're a church of small groups. That we enter into places of, of relationships with others. And we're, we're not perfect people, we're imperfect people trying to be like Jesus Christ and we help each other be who he wants us to be. Iron sharpens iron. 
He who walks with the wise people are wise. We, we're trying to help you to connect with other wise people so that you would be wise. Because the Bible says a companion of fools. Who's a fool? The scripture tells us a fool is somebody that hears the word and doesn't do it. So we want to make sure that we're, we're connecting you with people that are listening to the word, putting the word at work, and so that you will also be wise because the Bible says a companion of fools will be destroyed. It will destroy things in your life. You need to be connected with good relationships. And don't think that you can do it alone. You're deceived. The problem with deception is that you're deceived. You think that you're right, but you're not right. We need each other desperately need each other and so as a church we've put all kinds of things in place we we have no doubt our weekend services that are here so that you could grow we have our our small groups so that you can connect and, and find some freedom in not only do we have that but we have our growth track that i just talked about a moment ago so that we can get you on a path of growth our growth track isn't meant to grow you it's to get you on a path of growth And we ought to be on a growth track in our life, every day growing. We talk about being connected not only relationally, but to the Word and by the Spirit and all these different things we talk about in our growth track to try to help you to be on a track that's always growing you. Because if you're not growing, then you're going back. You're going backwards. The Bible says don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed. By the renewing of your mind. You're either being conformed or transformed. There's no in-between. And then we, ultimately, we want to help you to become a part of a team that's making a life-giving difference. Our dream team is that. Because God's called us all to make a difference. I don't know about you, but that excites me. Some of you, some of you look very like, yeah, we're doing that. Some of you like, uh, well, that doesn't apply to me. It applies to us all. It really does. And so we want to we give our best so that people's lives are being changed. So there was a scripture I brought out last week in our Mother's Day message that I just want to go back and as quickly as possible, I'm just going to, I'm going to give you as much as I can possibly give you in this very um, short time that we have together. But uh, it was something that, that, that really uh, boosted Sarah's faith. If you know who Sarah is, God had promised Abraham and Sarah that they were going to have children. The only problem is is that they were some old folks. Uh, You know, he began to talk to Abraham about this when he was 75 years old. And it didn't happen until Abraham was 100 and Sarah was 90. Could you imagine? Well, she didn't start out in faith, and we know that. Because if you read your Bible, and you should, she didn't start out in faith, but she ended up in faith. And I want to take you to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 11. It says, by faith, Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed. And she bore a child when she was past the age, because she judged God, she judged God faithful who had promised she judged him faithful let's look at it this way she judged him committed god you're committed to this and i judge you faithful now here's my 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 question 
in, in this uh, reading this scripture, can we be judged faithful? When people see us, can they judge us faithful? And if not, what, what, what are we going to do to get there? And so what I want to do is I want to share some thoughts with you. And, and, and again, when you hear me talk about faithful or committed, I'm talking about the same thing. Uh, God's faithful and he's judged faithful and God is faithful who promised. And, uh, and Sarah, because she judged him faithful, she conceived the strength. She, con- she received strength to conceive seed. In other words, she was able to be able to receive the promise into her body, into her life, because she judged him faithful, because she looked at him and said, God, you're faithful. And, and if we're to reflect Jesus here on this earth, then shouldn't we be faithful also? Amen. Defined by him. Well, I looked up that word. I looked up that word commitment or that word faithful and, and really there's three definitions that it, it means. And I want to, I just want to walk you through this. And really, honestly, there was some other definition. I put my definition to it that means the same thing. But number one, if we're going to do that, we need the resolve. That word resolve. We're fixed. We're settled. We're determined. We're, it's already settled in our heart. It, it, we're fixed. The resolve to be faithful regardless of the conditions. Uh, my grandchildren, we were going to go to uh, the rodeo this past Friday. And and we went and they changed the rodeo uh, location. And we went uh, where it wasn't used to be in Lindale. And we show up and there's they're doing construction on that site. And it's like, wow. And uh, And so anyway, long story short... Uh, Jimmy uh, was going with us, and he was already, he did something smart. He Googled it before he left, and so he went to, he was already at the right place, and so uh, I contacted him and said, hey, we're lost. We don't know where it's at, and so anyway, it was at the Cowboy Church, and they have this cool arena. Uh, It's just an awesome arena. I'm just so uh, proud of that church, proud of what they're doing, and and they had this cool arena, so we show up uh, late, and we get there and it's already packed and they hadn't started uh, the rodeo yet and we get up to the top of the stands and, and it's very warm and the, uh, the place is packed and it's all under, uh, under a uh, covering, the whole arena is, so that's pretty cool. So if it rains, they can still do the rodeoing and, and so it was, it was, it was kind of cool. Well, my grandson had a, uh, and it smelled like a manure, I mean bad, I mean it was really, really bad. And uh, Jimmy had told me that uh, they had just uh, tilled the, the the arena before we got there. He told me that this morning. But anyway, we get there, and, and my grandson, we weren't there very long at all, and he had a, a, an allergic reaction, and he, he started coughing really, really bad, just, just, just nonstop. Felt of his chest, and his heart was just... And so I, I immediately took him out. And uh, and got him out, and we sat out by the concession out in the open air, and and he his coughing started to be less, and his heart started you know getting more on normal, and and I just I just called my wife. I said we're we're going to go. We're not going to try to do this too dangerous. And so we we left, and they were going to spend the night, uh, and uh, ended up that. Uh, my two oldest grandkids, uh, they didn't want to. 
And my young, they've all, they've spent nights with us. My youngest is, uh, she's two years old and she has never spent a night with us. Uh, and so anyway, long story short, my uh, son and daughter-in-law picked up the two oldest and, and was going to pick up the youngest. And my, my daughter-in-law says, well, if, if they, they're going, you're going too. Spend the night, Nana and Poppy. Spend the night, Nana and Poppy. She was fixed. She was resolved. She was committed to spending the night. And we didn't know if we were going to, we're only two blocks from them anyway. But we didn't know if in the middle of the night that we were going to have to be calling her, uh, calling them to come and pick her up. But we didn't. She was resolved. She she had already settled in her heart that she was going to spend the night. She spent the night, made it all the way through. Mom got there in the morning to pick her up. She said she didn't want to go. She wanted to stay. And, and you don't know what that does in my heart, but anyway, uh, in our hearts. But she she was resolved. And guys, we got to be resolved to live for God, to to give our best regardless of the conditions. Understand this, conditions change. Conditions change. Uh, it, they just do. I, I, I remember years ago, and I got to hurry, but years ago, uh, in the year of 2000, uh, we were doing church, we were blowing and going, and and then uh, our, our, the building that we had uh, had a fire. And uh, and the brakes was put on in everything that we're, we were doing. And, and, and as a result, we had to, we had to find a place to have church and there in Tyler's, there's just not a whole lot of places you can hold church and the real estate here in Tyler's very, very costly. And, uh, and it's, it's crazy costly. Uh, a matter of fact, like there's this land next door to us. I think there's 500 acres. There's somebody that owns like a five acre acre plot right next to us. I think they're wanting 2.7 million just for that five acres. And so it's it's pretty high. And so real estate is very, very high. And there just wasn't anything very church friendly. Anyway, long story short, uh, thank God there was a church that stepped up and said, hey, uh, we'll let you use our our facility, our youth facility. We're not using it at this time on Sunday morning. So we used it and we re- ended up renting it from them. And thank God they stepped up. We was able to do that. But in the process of that little transition, which wasn't like a long distance away, there was people that did not transition with us through that crisis. It's like, you know, they as long as we were where we were, those conditions, they were okay, but because we moved over there, they, they didn't move because the conditions changed. And I'm just going to tell you during life, your conditions are going to change, but your faithfulness shouldn't. Now, I'm not saying that they shouldn't have come with us or not. I'm just using that as an illustration, as an example. Our conditions are always going to be shifting and changing, but your faithfulness faithfulness should never shift and change. You ought to be faithful in season and out of season all the time in and through your life. Are Are you getting that? Luke chapter 16, verse 10 through 12, it says, He who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much. 
I'll stop there for just a moment and just say this. There's some people that their conditions, uh, if the condition is right, they will be faithful. Uh, You know, if if they feel like it's important to them, they will be faithful. But it tells us here, Jesus said that if we're faithful in even in the little things, in the least of things, and the things that we might not think that that it matters not, then uh, he's saying that we still need to be faithful. And so, in other words, don't don't look at the condition. You just be faithful because you're supposed to be faithful. And then it goes on to say, and he who is unjust, which that word unjust also in some translations is unfaithful. He who is unfaithful in what is the least is unfaithful also in much. In other words, how you treat small things is how you're going to treat big things. And then it goes on to say this. Therefore, if you have been unfaithful in unrighteous mammon, which means uh, deceitful riches or money or possessions, it goes on to say this. Who will commit to you, to your trust, true riches? And so it's talking about our money. That's why it's so important. That's why we tell you to be faithful, uh, not only in your tithes, in your offerings, but also in the management of your money. How you, how you handle your money. Make sure that you're handling your, your, your finances, knowing that uh, everything is not ours. We're, we're just managers of this life. We're just managers of, this lo- of our, our resources. That he's the owner of everything. Are you all with me? And so handle that. But it doesn't stop there. It goes on to say this. At least I thought. And if you have not been faithful in what is another man's, who will give you what is your own? In other words, the condition may be that it is not yours. Then if it's not mine, why should I care? No, it tells us that we need to be faithful even when it's not our own. That we need to be committed to, to doing our best and giving our best even when it's not ours. So I'm going to say this. When you're on the job and you're an employee and though you may not own that company, you ought to be reflecting Jesus there. You ought to be giving him your best. Amen? Amen. All right, I need to scoot. I've got some, I, I could spend a whole series on each one of these areas and these points. So you get, the, you get, you get what I'm saying. You, you need to have that resolve. You need to be fixed. You need to be decided. This is how I'm going to be, regardless of the conditions. Secondly, you need to have the grit. I mean, that's, that means the endurance to make it happen, the, the resilience to be faithful regardless of the pain and the adversity. The Bible says that we're, in, we're to endure hardship as a good sh- soldier. And so we need to have the grit, the, 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 I mean the endurance inside that we're going to do this. It's, un, it's unreal how many people, whenever they uh, experience some kind of discomfort in their life, that their faithfulness uh, goes out the window. And there's going to be times where it's not very comfortable. But you still need to follow through with faithfulness. Be faithful. Be faithful. Regardless of the pain. I see people, they, 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 uh, their, faint, their, their faithfulness fluctuates depending on their circumstances, 
on the pain that's going on in their life. It's like, well, I can't do it because I'm going through this. It's like, well, you need to understand this. If somebody else is doing it, that really, that really uh, deals with, you know, that really eliminates your excuses. If somebody else is making it happen, why can't you make it happen? Isn't that right? And so we need to, I'm trying to, I'm trying to build in you some, some, some grit, trying to build in you some, some commitment, some faithfulness, because it's, it will prosper you, it'll bless your life, it will, it will always advance you. He says, if you'll be faithful with the little, I'll make you ruler over much. I'll increase, I'll increase you, I'll, I'll be, I'll make, I'll, I'll make it where you can have more in your life. But there's things that you're going to have to do. Second Chronicles 16.9 says this. The eyes of the Lord search the whole earth in order to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. His eyes are looking for those whose hearts are fully committed, committed to him. Why? To strengthen them. I, I thought about this. You know, when you're fully committed or when you're, fully, when you're faithful to do something, you've already resolved, the, resolved it in your heart that you're going to be faithful, you're going to need God's strength. Because there's going to be some times where you're in pain. There's going to be some times where you're under some adversity that you're, going to, you're just going to need God's help to go ahead and follow through and be committed. Amen. Come on now. Yes. At least not and act spiritual. Come on. Okay. <laughs> I'm telling you, God, God wants to do the, he wants us, he wants his best for us. And he's, he's willing to strengthen us and help us follow through in those commitments. Okay, let me, I can't, let me give you another scripture. Psalm 101 verse 6, it says, I will look with favor on the faithful in the land and they may dwell with me and he who walks in the way that is blameless shall minister to me. That always kind of bothered me. Not, not for me, because I, I really endeavor to live a, a faithful life. But it says, it's them that are going to walk with me. It's them that are going to minister to me. And I got to thinking about this in this message. Why is it? Is it them? Why, why, what about the unfaithful? You still love them. They're still children of God. But why aren't they walking with you? Because we're to be led by the Spirit. And God's leading, he's leading us places that we may not be going because we're not connected to him. Now, he's, he's still with us, but we're, we may not be with him. Because God's everywhere, right? And he lives in us, in all of us. And I don't totally understand all that, but he is and he does. Right? But I want to be where he's leading and I want to be where he's ministering. I want to be right where he's at. And where I'm going to be is in place of faithfulness because I know that his eyes are on the faithful of the land. It used to bother me. I'll, I will say this. It used to bother me when uh, I would see uh, people be infrequent. And the average, average church attender, this is crazy, the average church attender attends every third service. So you might see them once a month. Average, over average. Okay? And so if that's you today, uh, I'm not here to condemn you. Just step it up. Just step it up. 
But the average church attender, and it used to bother me when I'd see people that I know they, they could be here, but they're not. The battle of the blankets, they, the blankets won. Or they're, they're out doing stuff that they shouldn't be doing on a Sunday. Sunday ought to be dedicated to the Lord. And, and so, you know, it used to bother me. And God says, he says, your eyes are on the wrong thing. He says, my eyes are on the faithful land. Why are, you, why are your eyes on, not on the faithful land? I was, and really what he pointed out, he says, you need to appreciate all those that are faithful. And have your eyes there. By the way, thank you guys for the, your faithfulness. We have a great, great, I mean, great church of faithful people. Amen? And for those that aren't here, you know, don't, don't say, hey, you guys are unfaithful. Because they may have a, a good excuse of why they're not here. All right? You with me? Come on now, I want to help you. Let me give you this last thought and then I'm closing right now. Uh, you, number three, you need to have the guts to be faithful regardless of the level of fear. Because fear can keep you back from being faithful. And you've got to have guts. In other words, for guts is you've got to have the nerve or the bravery to, to go ahead and be faithful regardless. And honestly, there's... I really, I really would not do it any justice in the time that I have to hear, but I want you to go through Scripture, and every time, every time God leads people to do something great, one of the first statements that he makes is, fear not. Fear not. Be of good courage. Fear not. Be of good courage. Fear not. Why? Because if we allow fear to lead us and dictate to us, Fear will keep us back from being faithful and fulfilling God's will in and through our life. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for...